The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks for joining us on the latest podcast. You know, one of the more interesting athletes and people in the Rays system is pitcher Sandy Gaston. And this week, thanks to the assistance of translator Jeremy Sanders, we learn more about the talented right-hander and his great story. Gaston left Cuba as a 15-year-old, eventually landing in the Dominican Republic. At 16, he signed with the Rays and already was topping out in the upper 90s. Since that time, he's been apart from his family and is hoping to reunite at some point this year, as they have lived in the Dominican Republic while he has trained in the United States. Just imagine how challenging that could be if you were in his shoes. That said, less than three years after signing, Gaston has advanced to full-season ball, and he struck out 70 batters in 50 innings last year. In this chat, we'll learn more about his great love for his family and a special tattoo that ties him to his brother. Plus, pitching coordinator Jorge Moncada will share some great stories about the right-hander. In addition, we'll introduce you to a new coordinator, Marty Brinker, who's the new affiliate medical coordinator for the team's full-season affiliates. We start with Sandy and translator Jeremy Sanders and what led Gaston to pursue baseball. Yeah, I always loved baseball when I was young growing up. Uh, I lived right behind a baseball field, too. So, Who in your family got you started with baseball? ¿Quién de tu familia te hizo comenzar con el baseball y cuántos años tenías? Empecé yo solo porque no la pelota a los siete, ocho años. I started on my own, really, when I was seven or eight years old because I just loved watching the game. Tell me about when you signed to play baseball with the Rays. Dime sobre cuando firmaste para jugar baseball con los Rays. Fue un camino difícil, fue muy duro, mucho trabajo. Pero al final logramos la meta en ese momento. Really difficult road, but uh, it was worth it, and, and we were able to finally reach that level of, uh, of success. Yeah, my family was super contenta, tanto ella como yo, pues el trabajo salió. My family was really, really satisfied and pleased because they made a lot of sacrifices for me to be able to reach that, that level, and we were all really happy that we got there. Why were the Rays the organization that you chose? ¿Por qué los Rays fueron la organización que elegiste? Um, creo que los Rays siempre han tenido como buena historia en lo que se tiene muy buena. The Rays have always uh, had a great history in terms of developing pitching, and, and it's a really strong academy. What is the most difficult thing about baseball in the United States? ¿Qué es lo más difícil y más diferente del béisbol en los Estados Unidos para ti? Um, creo que lo más difícil que se me ha hecho es el idioma. The hardest part is to communicate the way that I want with my teammates, with the training staff, with the coaching staff. That's been the biggest challenge. You made many sacrifices coming from Cuba. How is it for you and how is your family? Hiciste muchos sacrificios viniendo de Cuba. ¿Cómo es para ti y cómo es tu familia? Bueno, sí, tuvimos que tomar una gran decisión al salir de Cuba, que al principio fue un poco difícil, pero mi familia yo cambio y, bueno, todo bien, mi familia bien. Una gran decisión, y fue muy difícil al principio, 
but ultimately it was a decision that we made to improve our lives and uh, we're happy with how it's turning out. You are very mature. Who in your family have you seen since coming here and how difficult is it? Eres muy maduro. ¿A quién en tu familia has visto desde que viniste aquí? ¿Y qué tan, y qué tan difícil es? Oh. Creo que sí, he madurado mucho, pero creo que es la misma como la, la vida que madure temprano. Porque, o sea, simplemente llevo tres años aquí, no he visto a la familia y pues sí, me ha tocado madurar solo. So I have matured a lot, but that's really because that was what was demanded of me based on my circumstances. Uh, I've been here for three years and I haven't been face to face with my family since I've been over here. And that's required me to really grow up fast, but uh, I've risen, risen to the occasion and, and it's the only way forward. You've now been with this organization for three years. How have you grown? Ahora has estado con los Reyes durante tres años. ¿Cómo has crecido físicamente y uh, mentalmente? Uh, muchísimo. Creo que aquí no tan niño, pero no tenía más o menos la mente y el conocimiento que tengo ahora después de tres años con la organización. He aprendido mucho. He arreglado muchas cosas que tenía que arreglar y pues seguimos trabajando. So yeah, uh, quite a bit. When I came over here three years ago, I didn't know nearly as much as I know now, and, and it's been a learning experience throughout. Um, but yeah, there's there's only one way forward, and that's to keep working at it. What did you learn last year in Bowling Green? ¿Qué aprendiste el año pasado en Bowling Green? Um, creo que fue mi primera vez jugando con, o sea, con bastante público, me sentí bien, al principio un poquitico excited, pero todo bien, se siente genial jugar con, con fanáticos. It was my first time playing with a lot of fans. Uh, that was a bit exciting at the beginning, but uh, I got more used to it as we went, and now I feel really comfortable playing in front of a lot of fans. What were you proudest of? ¿De qué estabas más orgulloso? ¿De qué te dio lo más orgullo? Lo más orgullo. El año pasado. En Bowling Green. Oh, creo que cuando quedamos campeones. Um, la primera vez cuando salí a lanzar también me sentí súper super contento porque no me lo creía, ¿sabes? O sea, en Cuba no es la misma pelota que aquí, ¿me entiendes? Winning the championship, that was really massive for us, and, and I felt great about that. But also, the first time that I got on the mound at, at that level, it was really, um, it, it was a level above what I'm what I'm played in Cuba, and, and it was just a really big moment for me personally. This year will be different too. Um, it'll be your first full season. What will be the greatest challenge? Este año será tu primera temporada completa. ¿Cuál será el mayor desafío? Uh, no sé, creo que así difícil no hay. Lo único que pido es mantenerme saludable y que el trabajo salga porque bastante hemos trabajado para, para esta tem temporada y nada. Hay trabajo en Let me say what he said, but sí, then sí. follow up because I'm not sure I communicated properly. Uh, I'm, I'm really just focused on uh, working hard and staying healthy. Those are the two biggest things for me this year to continue what I've been doing and, and to stay out on the field. Um, 
hay algo que, que te da ganas de superar. Uh, hay, hay una dificultad que tú ves en este año que, que te da hambre para superar esa dificultad que viene. Si es más complicado ese nivel de la liga, si es uh, enfrentarte con mejores bateadores, que, cualquier parte de lo que te viene este año. Tirar más entradas. ¿Cuál parte de este año lo que te enfrenta es más complicado para ti? ¿Crees y cómo lo vas a superar? Um, creo que sí, que la liga va a ser un poco más fuerte. Los bateadores van a estar un poco más ready. Um, pero eso está en uno, también ponerse ready. Porque si están ready, ¿por qué uno no puede ser ready? O sea, más agresivo, más... Creo que lo más difícil también va a ser... El... ¿Sabe? Este año estuve bien, pero creo que este año que viene ahora tengo que estar mejor en lo que es los picheos y picheos. Está bien. So, obviously the competition is going to be a level up and, and they're going to be a little bit more skilled and a little bit more prepared, but it's on me to raise my game in the same fashion, to be more skilled, to be more prepared. Um, I'm focused on being a little bit more aggressive this year and I'm really focusing on trying to fill up the strike zone a little bit more than I have. As a pitcher, now, what are your strengths? Ahora, como lanzador, ¿cuáles son tus puntos fuertes? Mi punto fuerte my fastball, mi meta, en slider, creo, y estamos trabajando en ella. Creo que las retiras en slider son mis mejores armas. My fastball and my slider are my two biggest weapons, and, and we're working on getting them better every day. And my hair. <laughs> Wait. And my heart. <laughs> Muy bueno. Uh, and as, how do you want to improve this year? ¿Cómo quieres mejorar este año? Creo que yo lo único que quiero es seguir trabajando como lo he venido haciendo, seguir trabajando fuerte, dejar que el resultado salga, um, seguir enfocado y seguir saludable. El resultado va a salir cuando uno trabaja working hard and, and staying healthy and, and the results, they'll take care of themselves as long as I keep uh, my focus and, and my work and, and my effort and I stay on the field, the rest will, will take care of itself. Any, any uh, new pitch? Uh, nuevo? Uh, Picheo. Picheo? Uh, cambio? Or, or? Yeah. Cambio. Estamos trabajando en la... Bueno, la renta, la slide, el cambio lo teníamos. Estamos... Experimentando un core. I'm, I'm working on a change-up. We're experimenting with a cutter. Whether or not we, we bring that in is another question, but we're, we're working obviously on fastball and slider, but also trying to introduce a couple other options. And I, I see uh, uh, on your arm, what, what is written in? How is that? In tu brazo, ¿qué escribe? ¿Qué está escrito ahí en tu brazo? Y dime qué significa a, a tu vida. Um, este fue uno de mis primeros tatuajes, creo. Dice, no confío en nadie. Recuerda que nadie puede cortar tus alas. Tú eres quien decide lo alto que deseas volar y expresar tus sentimientos. Sandy y Sandra. Gracias. Fue una frase que le hice a mi hermano, como que, o sea, que él es el único propio dueño de, de, su, de su vida, que él puede hacer lo, lo que él quiere, que, o sea, como que nadie puede decirle qué hacer. Tú eres el que te decide hasta dónde o hacer lo que tú quieras hacer. Solamente para, para clarificar, él es mayor o menor. Menor, okay. Menor. So, saying that 
I made sure that my younger brother uh, had in, in his life that is all about making sure that you're the architect of your own destiny, that you are in charge of your own life. I can translate it for you word for word if you'd like. I remember that no one can cut off my wings, that I am the one who decides how high I can fly and and how I express my feelings. And then it says Sandy and Sandro. Sandro is his brother's name. Tu hermano es muy importante para ti, sí. Yeah. Your sí. brother is very important. Sí. Es muy importante para mí. Uh, también un lanzador o un otra posición. Is he, is he a pitcher also or does he play another position? Uh, mi hermano es catcher. Catcher. His brother's a catcher. Yeah. Yeah. So, tu eres un lanzador, you were a pitcher, y tu, tu, your brother is, is your catcher? Yeah. Tu hermano es tu receptor? Yes. <laughs> sí. Siempre en tu casa, cuando eras niños, always when you were a kid yeah. at home? Yes. Mi hermano siempre ha sido mi catcher de niño, desde que empezamos a jugar pelota los dos juntos. We we started playing at the same time, and uh, yeah, ever since we were little kids, he was always the catcher, and I was always the pitcher. Hmm. And when you're not playing baseball, what do you like to do? Cuando no juegas baseball, ¿qué te gusta hacer? Creo que lo que más me gusta hacer es pasar el tiempo con mi familia, estar junto a ellos, sentir el cariño y el apoyo que siempre me han dado. For me, outside of this, just spending time with my family, feeling their love, and and. Uh, their their joy. Is it possible that they will see you this year? Es posible que uh, te vean este año. Este año que se reúnan. Uh, sí 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 creo que es posible. Creo que sí va a haber la oportunidad. Quiero darle una sorpresa. It's it's possible they they might be able to reunite this year. Como importante es eso? How important? Qué tan importante es eso? Um, creo que para mí la familia es lo más importante. Um, el apoyo que, que nos dan ellos, creo que un apoyo único, un amor único. Ah, espero verlo pronto. So for me, there's really nothing that comes close to the importance of my family and my life. It's not just their love and support, it's just, it's irreproducible and it's something that that is so crucial that I can't replace it. Well, we appreciate all your time. Best of luck this year. Uh, gracias por el tiempo y buena suerte este año. Uh, muchas gracias, muchas gracias por el tiempo. Thank you for your time. Great stuff from Sandy Gaston and the assistance of Jeremy Sanders is appreciated as well. Gaston made a big jump last year, and I asked pitching coordinator Jorge Moncada about the steps that Sandy has taken. Well, yeah, he has grown a lot. He, um, you know, from the kid that we we saw in 2018, 2019, he has grown a lot physically, mentally, um, you know, baseball related, everything else is is. Um, He's going through experiences that uh, has uh, made him uh, a more mature kid, and he has grown a lot overall, yeah. Where has he grown the most for you, physically, mentally? I think both. Um, of course, you know, physically, um, 
he has a lot of room to to grow. He's a big kid, so he has uh, gotten so much uh, stronger everywhere, you know, and then he knows what he's doing in the gym, so that helps a lot. Um, and mentally as well, you know, being a kid from Latin America, being by himself, um, no, no much game experience before he signed and going through all that process to the academy, uh, going straight to play his first season as a as a pro straight uh right in the u.s you know the language and everything so he has gotten so much better mentally too because of what he has to uh he had to deal with uh in the last two years how challenging is that because you know players from latin america can go back and see their families he came over from cuba where he's not with his family right now how how hard is that for a kid and uh, to adjust no, I, I mean, I, for sure, it's pretty hard for, you know, at that age, you're 17, 18, um, you don't see your, your parents too often or you don't see them at all. So that's, that's, uh, that's hard for at that age, of course. Um, he was able to have uh, their, his parents in the Dominican before he signed, but actually he's been in the States for almost two plus years already without seeing and he's uh he's doing the process of the you know the green car and all that so he got to stay in the u.s and you talk to him, and he seems very mature very you know he understands why he has to do it and and uh the process has been tough i know but he's been uh acting like a really grown-up man about it and he keeps his mind um busy with baseball so yeah he's tough but he's been handling pretty good how special a kid is he? What what makes him a good kid? Why do you like him? I mean, it's a, I would say it's like, he's that all package kid. Um, of course, he has that uh, power fastball that we all like, the secondary stuff, you know, for a, a young age that you project uh, to be a really good pitcher in the big leagues. But also he's a kid that you like to work with because he's open-minded. He's always ready for you know, the new instruction, he's quiet, he behaves, and you don't hear anything about Sandy off, off the field. So uh, that's kind of the whole package, a guy that is ready to compete. He likes to compete. He likes to be challenged, but he's very respectful at the same time and open-minded to, to new, you know, coaching strategies or any new adjustments that we would like him to do. Jorge, how good can he be? What kind of pitcher can he be in the future? I feel, um, you know, from all the, the things that I have seen and how much he has improved and the tools he has, I I feel he can be a top of, top of the rotation starter. I feel he has the potential to be that guy. I think if he only got 20 years old, he has these uh, two really good pitches. And he has these, uh, you know, uh, good feel for what he does. He has nothing but, you know, improved in his way to the big league. So I think it's only two years in, in, in pro baseball. We not much experience about the game before. So I can, I can imagine how much he can grow now, you know, getting the reps and different coaching and facing better hitters and better competition that, that I feel he has not, you know, no room to stop. 
how how much did 2020 hurt him because he didn't get the innings he didn't get the reps that he would have gotten that year well yeah he hurts him a lot uh, and and we we did a I feel we did a really good job as an organization, you know, staying in contact with the pitchers and giving them things to work on. And Sandy was one of those. I uh, I remember Sandy staying in Inglewood for the most part and sending videos of his bullpens and what he was working on and, you know, having a really really good communication. So in that part, we we tried to keep, keep him, you know, having the reps and, and touching the mound and working on what he needs to work, what he needed to work on, but he's not never, it's going to be the same as pitching in a game and facing competition. So of course that hurts, uh, especially a guy that, like I said, he, he didn't have much uh, game experience before he signed. So he was tough, but he, what he did in 2021, he actually make, uh, made that 2020 not as hurtful as what we thought. You mentioned he has two really good pitches. Are those fastball slider right now? And describe both of those pitches for us. Yeah, they're fastball and slider. Um, fastball is just a power pitch, a, a pitch that he can he can touch 100, you know, whenever he wants. Um, it sits more in the 96, 97 range. Um, good life, explosive, and he has that carry that can get swing and misses at the top of the strike zone. He stays behind the ball pretty good and create that back spin, that bits gravity. So he stays longer in the air and creates that uh, swing and miss on, on the batters. And the slider is a sweepy slider that he can throw in the low 80s, um, that he has a lot of movement, sometimes too much movement that is hard for him to control it. But, uh, but, when he, you know, he's starting to learn where the pitches start to get it for a strike or to get it off the plate when he's ahead in the count. So that's the process of, you know, learning, you know, with reps and all that. But I think both pitches are really good compared to what we see in the big leagues. They're really good pitches. So is the next step developing that third pitch, developing that changeup? I know the changeup is very important in this organization. Yeah, the next step is to find a third pitch for him, for sure. Um, we're still working. He threw uh, change-ups at the end of the season in Charleston and got a decent feel for it. Uh, it was a decent pitch that helped him to get back in, in the counts and, and all that. Uh, we're still uh, trying to figure out what's the best next pitch for him that we feel will help him to finish at bats or will help him to get a better feel to throw over the plate uh, more consistently. So for sure, next step is uh, is that third pitch. Where are the biggest areas, Jorge, that you want to see him grow and improve in 2022? Um, that third pitch, like we talked, it will be one. Uh, second one, for sure, it will be a good challenge being the first year in the long season. So I want to see him like being that consistent starter every five days or six days that he can, you know, get his innings up. Uh, it's not a short season anymore. So I want to see him dealing with that type of competition, what he can do every time out um, and just looking for consistency. I think he has the pitches. He has the, the arm 
it's just a matter of being consistent every time uh, with his delivery, his release point, and that's going to come with a lot of reps and, and you know, and, and, and practice. So for you, what would be a good year? Would it be if he, as long as he's healthy and gets 20 starts and 100 innings, would that be, if that happens, everything else you think will work out? I think so. Yeah, that would be a really good year. A good year would be if he gets to those to that uh, 100 inning mark. Uh, you know, the last last year he went to 50. The year before he threw around 35. So I think that would be good for him to pass that 80, 100 innings. That would mean that he's been consistent every now every outing out there. Um, so yeah, that would be a really good goal for him that he's telling us that everything is starting to to sync up and in terms of his pitches how do you want to see the improvement is it just more in the strike zone what's the biggest thing for you I would say yes I will say it's more like being consistent uh, around the plate and for for us it's just throw the ball over the plate and let the stuff plays out um, so he's fine that that pitch that is going to help his fastball to be even better, which means I can get ahead with my fastball. So then this next pitch is the one that I can still throw over the plate um, with movement. And when batters are looking for that one, my fastball is going to get even better because I can throw it in those in those counts. So, yeah, I see him like having three pitches with, uh, with uh, really good, being really, being really effective. Um, just depending on batters, counts, and situations. And I guess, can you speak to this organization always likes to use analytics and help guys grow? How, how good is he at uh, trying to learn that, that way? He's, he's good. He's, especially last year, we talked to him about, you know, a lot about his speeches. And, and he didn't have this carry in 2019. So... We talked to him. We we had a few. We did a few adjustments in his mechanics, and uh, and he was the he did it, and the carry just showed up. So you know, and it was just an instant um, improvement right there. So he understands why he has carry. He understands why the the good slider. So he's getting there. He's just sometimes you know the language barrier something that is a process for him, but he understands the movements. He understands when he's good and when he's not good. Well, it sounds like the race fans have a lot of reason for excitement with Sandy. Uh, Jorge, thank you for a few minutes talking about him. No, no, thank you. And, and, and I want to thank all the coaches that work with Sandy because, you know, it's this Rolando Garza did a great job last year, Estardo and Marty DeMary and Jose Gonzalez. Those guys are being really good. Uh, for Sandy's development. So I just want to make sure I mention that because they're being a big part of this. That's Jorge Moncada with some great insight on Sandy Gaston. As mentioned at the top, the Rays have added a number of individuals to the organization on the minor league side, including trainer Marty Brinker, who is the new minor league affiliate medical coordinator. And I asked Marty about his new role. Most recently, uh, I was in Baltimore. was there for seven seasons. Uh, last year, was I was in AAA. Um, and just, I started in 2015 with, um, short season Aberdeen and just kind of, you know, worked my way up through there, uh, the whole time kind of being down in Florida and being able to get some exposure and see, 
you know, how things run day to day with the big league staff, you know, setting up for spring training, all that. Um, it's definitely helped me kind of develop and grow and, uh, you know, into being where I'm at now over here. Um, you know, before that, I had a year with uh, West Point working football. So that was a very, uh, you know, humbling, awesome experience getting to work with those those athletes and seeing everything they go through day to day, not just, you know, being student athletes, but just being well-rounded academic and, you know, just everything. And then moving backwards, uh, went to the University of Akron for grad school, worked there for two years as a graduate assistant athletic trainer with the baseball team. And before that, got a Bachelor of Arts in Athletic Training from Capital University in uh, Columbus, Ohio, where I played baseball and got study athletic training. So it's been pretty baseball heavy my whole life. You brought up, though, the, the year you spent with uh, Army in the military academy. How much do you think that has helped you going forward and how much of what you learned there can help you now? You know, it, it helped me a lot in terms of just, you know, how, how you kind of carry yourself day to day and, um, you know, how neat and organized that in line, everything has to be, um, you know, it was always kind of the, the joke, but it was like this training room had to be spotless because at West Point, the football facility is a crown jewel. So you never know when the door is going to open and a two or three star general is going to be walking through getting a tour. So you don't, you know, you always want to make sure everything looks, looks neat and tidy. And, you know, you present yourself in a way that represented the, uh, you know, the staff and the Academy, you know, the right way. Um, so I, I learned a lot there. You know, I was only there for a season, but it certainly felt like a lot longer. You know, football is just a completely different, um, you know, different type of grind than baseball. You just every every day, every play, everything going on, it's just there's a lot more intensity level to it. Um, but it, it was an awesome experience getting to work with that staff and, you know, just getting to develop some relationships with some of the players and just see how, how life is day to day for them. Certainly, I'm sure it gets you a greater appreciation for everything that goes on in your day-to-day life too. And how, yeah. what ties did you have to the Rays? What led you to Tampa Bay? I know Joe Benj um, spent some time with Baltimore before he ended up with the Rays. Yeah. You know, I think it was just kind of uh, worked out for me the way the, um, I guess the way things happen, you know, the Orioles, I've been there for seven years and, you know, kind of been able to move up and get more exposure and get more experiences, you know, at some of the administrative tasks and some of the things there. And then Joe and Aaron, both having come from Baltimore, kind of had a, we had known each other. We never actually had worked together. And, um, you know, it, it was good, I guess, to at least have an idea of who everybody is, but it definitely helped, you know, coming over and, you know, coming into a new organization, kind of having some familiar faces has been, been awesome. Having worked a number of years at the full season level, you're gonna gonna be overseeing the minor league affiliates, the full season affiliates. How does that experience help you, and what will your role truly be? I think it's gonna help a lot. Just after being, you know, being on the road, being on the bus, and kind of understanding the day to day things that go go on. You know, for a minor league athletic trainer, it's not just you know stretching arms and you know, going out and watching a game. You know, that's there, there's a lot more that goes into it. So, you know, I think that's going to be good and kind of help me, you know, just be a, be a resource for the guys, the affiliates and, you know, everyone as we're, you know, moving into the season with anything that's going on and having that recency, I think is going to help as well, just to allow, you know, some understanding and to just offer guidance. And, you know, the, the role itself will be kind of overseeing the, the day-to-day medical and, you know, in, in terms of roster moves with IL candidates, you know, everything there, um, it'll be, 
you know, all encompassing, I guess. You mentioned, you know, you played baseball, you, you were a trainer in college, you now have gone through the affiliate ranks. When did the baseball bug bite you, so to speak? Um, I, I think it was pretty early on, um, you know, growing up as a kid uh, in Youngstown, Ohio, it was kind of like, you know, all day long, all summer long, we'd be out, you know, either playing football or baseball or playing basketball in the driveway. You know, there's always something, but baseball was always kind of my, my favorite sport uh, growing up. So it definitely made it an easy transition, you know, when it kind of came time in college, playing division three baseball was a great experience for me. And I have a lot of, you know, great memories and guys I played with, but the writing was on the wall at some point that, I was not going to get drafted and be able to be a professional baseball player. So, you know, it kind of started the wheels turning and, you know, the next best thing for me is being able to, you know, really dive in and, you know, become an athletic trainer and help guys stay healthy and on the field. And it's been, you know, so far it's been very rewarding. So I'm happy. What makes a good trainer and how much of the trust that you build up with athletes is important in becoming a good trainer? Yeah. I, you know, I think the biggest thing is just being able to develop those relationships and, um, you know, show guys that you're here and you, at the end of the day, if players aren't here, there's no need for an athletic trainer to be around. You know, we're, we're here for them. So, you know, just, just being there to, as a resource for whatever they need in terms of, you know, recovery, if there's an injury, you know, helping them, you know, through the rehab process and getting back on the field. And then a lot of times it's sometimes you just need, you know, somebody to be there to talk about other things with, you know, to have a little reset, um, you know, and it's just kind of, to me, the biggest thing is being, being available and being a resource, you know, doors always open anytime you walk by, um, the training room and, you know, you know, if you walk in and you have a question or you need help with something that that's the place to go to get it. And for me, you know, the next step is just, you know, being there. I, I was fortunate in Baltimore with some of the younger players that I got to work with it, as they moved up levels. I also moved up levels. So, you know, getting to see guys kind of grow up and develop routines and, and really become a true professional is, uh, you know, awesome and very rewarding. And for the role you'll have in Port Charlotte, Marty, are you based out of Port Charlotte or will you bounce around and see some of the other full season affiliates too? Yeah. So with the, the way that the coordinator position is structured now that, uh, you know, Joel Smith and I are co-coordinators, um, it's going to allow me to be, you know, in Port Charlotte, but also travel around to the other affiliates and, and be, you know, available, be a resource and kind of be more involved, um, you know, than a traditional role. And I'm guessing from that standpoint too, minor league spring training will give you a great chance to really get to know a lot of faces and names that you're still becoming quite familiar with. Yeah. You know, it's been now, I think two and a half weeks that I've been down in Port Charlotte, and, you know, every day it's getting a little easier to put names to faces and, you know, just kind of get in and, start to meet people and, you know, just get to work. And, and from that standpoint, um, I would guess you also have to be excited about just the talent level, the overall in the organization throughout their minor league system. Obviously the big league club has been good, but their minor league system has been, you know, well thought of for years. Oh yeah. Obviously anytime that you're around an organization that's been as successful as this one, it, it definitely uh, is exciting and a lot of fun. And, you know, it's, it, it's funny, you know, there's always times that, you know, when you're winning, everything seems to go a little, you know, a little smoother. And some of those bumps and bruises don't hurt as bad. And, you know, it's, it's just easy to go to the ballpark every day and, you know, go to work knowing that you're with a group of people that, you know, has a common goal and doing whatever it takes to succeed. 
Marty, great stuff. Welcome aboard again. We appreciate a few minutes on our latest podcast. Thank you. That's Marty Brinker. We appreciate his time and that of feature guest Sandy Gaston, translator Jeremy Sanders, and pitching coordinator Jorge Moncada. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more podcasts just like this one, and we'll chat with you soon.